The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the sea report. And thanks, y'all. afternoon, friends, ladies and gentlemen, Americans, Texans, people who might be picking up this uh, broadcast at this time of day. How is everyone doing tonight, uh, today, this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen? We're coming to you guys live on this Wednesday, March 2nd. I almost skipped ahead two days. Wednesday, March 2nd, ladies and gentlemen. Hope everyone is doing great and grand out there. And uh, you're enjoying your afternoon. It's actually quite a gorgeous day here in the realms of Tejas. And uh, I got to say, I hope it's uh, that way for you guys everywhere else as well. How's everyone doing this afternoon? Good, good, good. I hope we're coming to you guys live with another edition of Lone Star News, where we bring you uh, Texas news and current events exclusively here over at Mr. CTV. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all are having a great afternoon. I, I, you know, I don't think I could stop wishing you all a great day, afternoon, morning, or night as much as I wanted to. I think I'm going to probably have to keep on saying it. But anyways, guys, I uh, hope you all are doing well today. Uh, we're just stopping in for a brief report, if you will, uh, on the results of the Texas GOP primaries. Now, um, we might be uh, exclusively Texas news, but, uh, well, I could give a hoot about someone like Pedro O'Rourke. And so, you know, we're not going to talk about the Dem list. Yeah. We're going to talk about the people who really want to take back our state and to take back our country. And, uh, well, while we don't like to play political lines, ladies and gentlemen, per se, it just, you know, uh, our values tend to align conservative more often than, I don't know, socialist or communist. 
or progressive, which is really just a bad word for communist or socialist. We all know that to be the case. Anyhow, guys, I hope you all are doing wonderful. We're coming to you live on multiple channels today. Of course, if you are fo- if you are joining us over at Rumble, make sure you give us a follow. If you are joining us over at Clout Hub, make sure you follow the channel, become a friend. If you're following us over at Twitch, follow or subscribe, throw us some bits. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, to my friends and family over at the foxhole.appandpill.net, good afternoon. Yeehaw, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure that you are following our channel over at pill.net and make sure that you have favorited our channel over at the foxhole.app so that this way you will never miss an episode. And well, We'll always see you, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, you'll get to see us too. Uh, in fact, uh, we already got a couple of peeps popping in over there at the foxhole.app and at pill.net. Railanon, Mermaid, Miss K, good to see you. And uh, thank you for donating gold pills to the show. We got a can, we got 117 gold pills. That's quite the way to start the show. So thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. From my heart to yours, of course. If you like the work that we do here at Lone Star News and you like the work that we do here at Mr. C TV, which we also got you, the C Report and Mr. C in the Dark, uh, we also have a PayPal and a Cash App. Uh, and so we, uh, well, so you can support us that way as well, ladies and gentlemen. We got the um, address up here in the corner. Yeah, there you go. You guys got it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we're only going to be here for about an hour this afternoon just to kind of go over the results of what was going on in the state of Texas with yesterday's, G- uh, pri- I want to say GOP primaries. That's all we're focusing on. But on the primaries, yes, in general, uh, I would say for a voter like myself, it was quite an upset but at the some at the same time i would say that it was actually it was it's it's an interesting turnout now do i believe that governor abbott took the state by 66 percent or higher no i don't believe it uh do i believe that uh, lieutenant colonel alan west and don huffines received a meager 10 to 12 points Nope, I don't believe that either. But, uh, well, it is what it is, guys. I mean, after all, we have uh, Rhino Abbott running his uh, his little uh, Secretary of State scheme out of uh, the State House. Well, you know, it would kind of be unfair to say that Rhino Abbott is the only governor who has ever ran his Secretary of State scheme out of the State House, because after all, the uh, office of the Secretary of State in the state of Texas has been broken for quite some time. When you have 48 governors and you have an office like the Secretary of State, which is supposed to run concurrent with the term length of the governor, it makes no sense that we have had 115 Secretaries of States to our 48 governors. Ladies and gentlemen, now, rest assured, some of those governors served, what, more than two terms? But the point being here is there's always an election competition for an election competition. And even if you have a governor running three or four terms, you're still not going to end up with 115 secretaries of state for your 48 governors. Ladies and gentlemen, it's broken. It's a scheme And I believe that in the state of Texas, the office of the Secretary of State needs to be an elected office, not an appointed office. 
because if we're going to be appointing secretaries of state, then we got to work even harder to clear out those rhinos in the Senate. And we got to work even harder. But you know, guys, that's kind of what this has been about, right? This, this entire Great Awakening has also been a great activation where we patriots, we people who love this country, who love freedom, have to get involved. And you know what? That's not for nothing. Because the way that this system has been designed, it's practically been designed to keep us down. It's practically been designed to keep us on the ground and so preoccupied we don't even care about politics or we will just do our civic duty, cast a non, uh, non-informational non ballot, in other words, with low information, right? And then call it a day and hope and pray, or maybe not even hope and pray. Maybe we're so distracted and so bogged down we can't even hope and pray. We're just going to trust at the back of the mind that the people who are being elected have everyone's best interest at heart, regardless of who wins. But ladies and gentlemen, we are past that time. We're, we're at the point where it's kind of like, you know, we've trusted, 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 trusted so far, so long. And then we finally got to this point that it was like, well, damn it, they've been screwing me the whole time. And, you know, and it's like, well, you know, I want to trust that the sky is blue. I want to trust that the sun is going to come up in the morning. I want to trust that the people who are elected, regardless of what party or what status or what have you, are going to do the right thing. But I guess, ladies and gentlemen, that's why they created political parties. Because without them, you'd probably get nothing but the do-gooders or the ne'er-do-wellers in office. And so we have to have political parties. Because someone's always going to try and do something wrong. Someone's always going to try and do something right. And more often than not, in the last few decades... They've all been doing wrong by us, guys. So wake up, America and the world. That's what this is all about, guys. So now we're getting activated, okay? You're looking at the brand new precinct uh, um, chairman here. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, guys, let's talk about because we don't got a whole lot of time. We're only going to be here for about an hour. We're going to go over the uh, the main GOP competitions and the ones that are really worth noting. Now, as I said... Some of this is a wash for me, right? Like, I, did, I don't want Abbott in office, but now I am forced to vote for him because he's going against Bethel O'Rourke. That's right. I said Pedro, Pedro. Say it with me, ladies and gentlemen. Pedro. With a do. Okay, say it like that because Bethel is a fart in Spanish, okay? <laughs> I'm educating the masses here, all right? So, Pedro. Though, okay, all right, so Pedal O'Rourke, okay, so that's who we're talking about here. So, all right, so now I have to vote for Abbott because we have to stand united with our candidate. I mean, it's not like we're gonna have another shot at this, but that's besides the point. Now, we're uh, obviously this is about as much as we are going to talk about the governor's competition, okay? We don't even need to talk about the lieutenant governor's competition. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick swept the competition, ladies and gentlemen. He took it at almost 75% of the vote. So good for you, Mr. Dan Patrick. But guess what? 
we'll be able to, uh, we've already got our eyes on Dan Patrick, okay? So since we've already got our eyes on Dan Patrick, we'll be able to hold his feet to the fire a little bit more than, say, the governor, okay? Plus, Dan Patrick's a little bit more wishy-washy than Governor Abbott. You see, Governor Abbott, he gets out there and he just steamrolls everyone in that wheelchair of his. Like, he's like Professor X, guys. He's just like, like you know, and maybe that's how he won. He used his Professor X wills power. <laughs> to coax Texans into voting for him. No, 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 no. I really don't think that's what happened. Honestly, what I think happened is, uh, I think that, uh, he turned on the Eric system, the, uh, you know, the election rigging information center system, which they just turned off by the way, when they started doing the audit. But now that, uh, part one of the audit is over, I guess they can turn it on again. You know what I say, Texans, why don't we have them audit this primary? Oh, man. And it wouldn't work because they'd be like, well, we can't audit it until after November. There's not enough time. Okay, well, I mean, if I recall, according to Texas statutes, they have to start doing audits like no later than like 72 hours after any competition. So mark my words, in about three days time, they're going to start doing their audits. Of course, these are only sectional audits and they don't look at everything. They only look at like one or two percent of an electronic vote. They don't look at the bat. It's yeah, it is what it is, guys. Anyways. OK. All right. So uh, the other the, we had some interesting turnouts in the other competitions, though. Real quick, guys, if you uh, would like to catch us on podcast, make sure you follow us, subscribe to us for free. We are available over at Spotify. We're over at anchor.fm slash the sea report. We're also on Go Ogle and uh, Apple iPods. So, uh, oh, wait, wait. I was told I need to do this like more like professional and streamline. Follow the Sea Report and Lone Star News available on Spotify. Okay, all right. So I guess that's about as professional as I'm going to get on that. Okay, all right. Okay, let's talk about the other competitions. What's going on, Crisco13? Crisco13 is asking, uh, how did the other competitions go this primary? Well, let's get into it, guys. We're not going to waste too much time because I've already wasted enough. Let's take a look at all of the competitions, ladies and gentlemen, in the state of Texas. Now, this was the governor's competition for the GOP. All right. This is uh, Abbott took this entire. Let's see how San Antonio did. Allen West had 10.4. Abbott had 71. Uh huh. Let's see. Travis 66 and Travis. Yeah. Uh huh. Let's see. Yeah, I just, I really don't believe these numbers, guys. I really do not. Okay, it, it is what it is. Okay, let's not, let's not waste our time. Now I'm not, like, I'm going to start, like, micro, and look at this. Alan West had 23% in Gillespie. Why was he so high over there? 20% in Kerr? Ah, interesting. Okay, all right, so there you go. We're not going to, we're not going to cry about it, right? Okay, Attorney General... Ken Paxton and George Bush will be going into a runoff. Uh, to be specific, George Prescott Bush, you know, the guy who's named after a pedophile and after a Nazi, uh, they are going into a runoff. Uh, Ken Paxton took 42 percent. 
Okay, Louis Gomer only did well over in the east of Texas. But look at this, Louis Gomer swept in East Texas. That's not bad for Mr. Gomer. He received uh, like almost half the vote or more in most of his uh, most of his counties over there. And that's pretty interesting. Uh, George P. Bush did well on the border. Of course, that I'm not surprised because that's where you had Arnold Schwarzenegger donating hundreds of thousands of dollars to making extra voting centers down here in the Rio Grande. So I'm not surprised that George P. Bush, uh, grandson of a Nazi and uh, son of a son of a uh, pedophile. Wait, wait, I can't say that because Jeb Bush, Jeb Bush, I don't know if he, I mean, I couldn't say he, grandson of a pedophile and great grandson of a Nazi. There we go. That's better. He also did pretty good in Sutton County and in Sterling County, but uh, Ken Paxton took the rest of the state. All right, not bad, Mr. Paxton. He was my man in the race, so that's a, that's a good one for me. Now, uh, rest assured, guys, we'll be digging up some dirt on George P. Bush here in the next few weeks. We'll be doing it a lot better than we did for the primary. I got to say, guys, I was sick for over two months uh, at the end of last year, so I feel like I kind of failed you guys, but my health. Uh, Dan Patrick swept 74.9%, 75%. He took the race. There was no question. Dan Patrick won that one. The Texas Agricultural Commissioner, Sid Miller. Yeehaw! Now, Sid Miller, uh, he, I voted for this man. He took it at 58%. So he, he is going to be the candidate come November against Susan Hayes, whoever that is. Don't know who she is. I don't think she'll stand a chance, to be quite honest with you, but that's just my, uh, it's kind of my prognosis here. Uh, we also have the land commissioner. Okay, check this out, guys. Now, Don Buckingham, who received two endorsements from President Trump, is being put into a runoff with Dr. Tim Westley. Now, I will have you know, I did not vote for either of these two. Uh, my vote was for Victor Avila. Victor Avila placed in at uh, fifth. Ooh, that's pretty bad. Hyung, and that's even with being on the war room. Apparently, I didn't get to see his. Uh, I didn't get to see his. Um, uh, I didn't get to see his interviews. But I don't know. Maybe I should try and bring him on the show. I mean, what does one talk about on a show when they're no longer a candidate? We could talk about his experiences down on the border, maybe, and uh, when he was serving as special agent for ICE. But Don Buckingham and Tim Wesley, guys, will be in a runoff. We'll examine this one a little bit more closely in just a sec. For Comptroller, we got Glenn Hegar. He was also endorsed by President Trump. He got 81.6% of the vote, so he swept it. I did not vote for this man because I am not satisfied with the state of our taxes in Texas. And uh, Glenn Hegar controls the purse, and he also has not been paying our soldiers down on the border during Operation Lone Star. So Glenn Hegar, who claims to be for the, the veterans and, the, and our soldiers, our men and women in the armed forces, is not taking care of them. And that's why I did not vote for him. But uh, President Trump endorsed him, so I guess, I don't know, I guess, I guess, I guess we really care about our uh, armed forces so much, right? We're going to vote for someone that doesn't take care of them. All right, we're going to endorse those kind of people. Okay, President Trump. Now, here's a, here is an interesting one, guys. Here is an interesting one.
Railroad Commissioner. Now, this is making a big statement at Big Oil and Big Energy because Big Oil and Big Energy, well, they basically uh, they basically control the Railroad Commissioner, but at the same time, not as much. Guess who, what we got going on. In Railroad Commissioner, so many people, so many people did not want Wayne Christian, the incumbent, one of the three individuals who is responsible for the power grid down last February, one of the individuals who is wrapped up in scandal over where to dump oil runoff, one of the three individuals who takes big-time campaign donations from big oil and big energy, and then it seems like they get a payoff, Wayne Christensen, that he is being forced into a runoff. Uh, interesting enough, that runoff is with who? Sarah Stogner, ladies and gentlemen. Sarah Stogner. Which means that we are going to have a big oil tycoon railroad commissioner going up against, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, she who bore pasties and a thong and rode on an oil rig. <laughs> Only in Texas. Now, she only received 15.1% of the vote. Now, in Texas politics, you have to receive 50% or higher during a primary in order not to go into a runoff. Well, he received 47.2% and the next highest uh, candidate was Sarah Stogner, followed by Tom Slocum Jr., who is my candidate. But uh, guys... We're going to have to look into Sarah Stogner. I know she was riding an oil rig practically butt naked with pieces of tape on her boobs. But do we really want some... Well, you know, here's my thing, though. In my, in my honest and humble opinion, I think that both of them are in the back pockets of Big Oil. I think Sarah Stogner has been entertaining Big Oil and Big Money on the weekends for, like, who knows how many years... I mean, she really looks like a Sarah Stogner does, you know, Dallas kind of person, like does big oil. But I can't, I cannot, Sarah, Sarah, because Sarah, I, I will invite Sarah on the show. <laughs> I'm going to invite her on the show. So I can't, I can't be like, oh, Sarah, you know, we'll talk about, well, you never know, guys. You never know. She could be, she could be that upstart she could be that, that neo-candidate, that neo-politician that no one saw coming from the fourth dimension. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to try and get her on the show, okay? Because, you know, I mean, I am not averse to these types of shenanigans when it comes to trying. I mean, was that not good publicity? You know, if it hadn't been for the faults of Wayne Christian... If it hadn't been for this power grid down moment that he had last year, he probably would have swept this race. But there's a lot of scandal coming out on Wayne Christian right now. So I don't know. You know what's even more disgusting, though, in my opinion? Marvin the Sarge Summers. Okay. And again, this goes to the whole point of low information voters, guys. This goes to the whole point of low-information voters. Marvin the Sarge Summers died 
he died almost a month ago and they kept his name on the ticket. Why would they do that? Why would his name still... He's dead. We can't vote for him. He received 11.9% of the vote. He received 192,818 votes. That means 192,818 low-information Texas voters who saw the name Sarge and was like, Oh, well, he must be in the military. I'm going to vote for him. But they didn't care to look up that he's dead. Which means they probably didn't even follow his campaign. Now, this is an issue. You want to talk about... You want to talk about dead voters voting? I want to talk about dead candidates being elected. What if Sarge had taken the the vote? (laughs) Well, it's not funny. But what if Marvin the Sarge Summers had won this election? And he's dead, okay? It goes both ways, apparently, in Texas. I mean, everyone always knew that it goes both ways in Texas, but we have dead voters voting in Texas, and we have dead candidates receiving votes in Texas. There is no reason his name should have been on the ballot yesterday. He's been dead since the beginning of February. No reason. They put a little asterisk by his name. And, you know, if I were running in this competition, I would be pissed if I were Wayne Christian, who won 47% of this vote. I would be like, what the hell? I would be like, all I needed was 2.8% more, and I would have won. And that 2.8% could have come from Marvin the Sarge Summers. Now, if I were any other candidate in this race, I would also be pissed because he took almost 200,000 votes away from the rest of the candidates. Why is it that we have a dead man on the ballot in Texas? He's been dead for almost... uh, Is it because we don't have any election laws that say that we can remove a candidate in the event of an untimely accident or death? Or, Or is it because his campaign didn't file to remove his name? Like, what's the deal? Why was his name on the ballot? He clearly should not have been on the ballot. If I were Sarah Stogner, I'd be like, what the hell? I could have gotten that 11.9% of the vote. Who knows? Everyone probably would have been like, well, I don't want Wayne Christensen. Uh, Marvin the Sarge sounds like military, so I'm going to vote for him. Oh, but when his name's not on the ballot? Well, I don't like Wayne Christensen. Oh, but I remember that chick with the pasties and the thong on the oil rig. I'm going to vote for her. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, guys. Okay. So very, very, very interesting race there. Okay. Now, Wayne Christensen is in the pocket of big oil. So I am telling you right now, guys, whether you like it or not, this broadcast will be supporting Sarah Stogner. I'm going to see if I can get her to come on in her pasties, okay? (laughs) I kid, I kid, I kid. Okay, we're not going to go through the State Board of Education. 
Uh, we're going to keep uh, some of some actually some of the races for the State Board of Education have not even been completed yet, which is interesting. If you ask me, I think they're trying to pull some strings. They're like, Eric, we need you over here for the State Board of Elections. Eric, the Election Rigging Information Center. Right. OK, you guys, if you guys don't know who Eric is by now, you haven't been listening to shows. I would say my show, but there are several shows that are talking about Eric. Now, in an upset for the Texas Supreme Court, guys, come on, Texas. Let's see. We had three seats up for, we had three seats up for a contest during uh, this uh, primary. Now, uh, seat three, they ran unopposed, which is Deborah Lerman. So she will face Aaron Noel in uh in november now we just need to make sure that this uh she won a million five hundred and twenty gop primary votes he won eight hundred and ninety six thousand i'm pretty sure if if these numbers indicate anything that deborah lerman will retain her place on supreme court number three uh, we had uh, Supreme Court place five with 1,503,000 votes. Rebecca Azipuru Huddle uh, will be facing Democrat Amanda Rychek with 896,000 896, votes. So we already know who's going to take that competition. Now we have uh, Evan Young, the incumbent who is not my man in the race. Now, Evan Young was appointed by Abbott to replace Eva Cruz, who is running against Paxton. So I bet you Eva Cruz probably wishes she had not given up her seat on the Texas Supreme Court because she did not win against Ken Paxton. She did not even get into a runoff, right? She looks like the Mexican female gremlin, but that's not the point. The point here is... A uh, Rhino Abbott appointed Supreme Court justice won this race with 54%. David Schenk, who was my man in the uh, race, he received 45.8%. So it looks like Evan Young, who wanted to change the language of the heartbeat bill to reflect either... Uh, he wanted to change the language to the point that either it would make it unconstitutional and it could be defeated or it would give uh, it would give uh, doctors the right to kind of uh, hide their practices and not turn in anyone who wants an abortion. Evan Young, who clearly flip flops on abortion, is uh, the winner of this competition. OK, I mean, that's all we got to say. We'll be stuck with that decision for the rest of uh, the next four years or eight years. All right, uh, we got uh, Texas Criminal Appeals Court. Now, this is the highest criminal court in the land. This is, you can, in criminal cases, you cannot go any higher than this court. Now, keep in mind, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals stripped the Texas AG from the ability to prosecute election fraud. Okay, so uh, with all the layers of the onion of election fraud, where we have someone like Speaker of the House, uh, Dade Phelan, uh, 
uh, uh, not allowing us to fix a, mis- a mistake that they made on the elections integrity laws that were passed. It's like we we passed tougher election laws in Texas, but at the same time, we reduced the penalty. When we made tougher Texas laws, we decided to make it from a felony to a misdemeanor. Isn't that ridiculous? And Dade Phelan, the rhino speaker of the House, Dade Phelan, blocked every time we tried to fix that amendment. And it's our fault truly for even allowing that to pass. But it's the fault of our representatives and our senators who are looking at this bill. And they're saying, oh, okay, well, we'll have tougher Texas election laws, but uh, we're going to make the uh, penalty, uh, you know, diminished. We're going we're to take it from, from, you know, we're going to take it from a felony to a misdemeanor. I don't care what class misdemeanor. The point is it went to a misdemeanor, guys. That is bad. Dave Phelan, gotta go. He's a true rhino. Ladies, even just look at his hair. He's a rhino. Anyways... So, as far as I was concerned, everyone on the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals needed to be replaced. Every single one of them, okay? Every single one of them. Now, we had, I think, three seats going up for vote in this primary. We had uh, place number two, Mary Lou Keel. No challenger on either side. She didn't have a Democrat challenger and she did not have a Republican challenger, a GOP challenger. So she won 100%. This woman who decided to take away the ability for the attorney general to prosecute election fraud. Why is that an issue? That's an issue because it goes back to the district attorneys per where that fraud occurs. And we all know that George Soros bought like at least six district attorneys in the state of Texas. Do you think that they're going to, uh, you think they're going to prosecute election fraud? You think they're really going to hold it to the highest level of treason that that is? Or do you think they're just going to give them a slap on the hand? That's why this is important. Okay. All right. So here's what happened in place five. Place five, we actually had a GOP challenger. That was Clint Morgan. Versus incumbent Scott Walker. Sorry, let me put this on the screen bigger for you guys. Uh, versus incumbent Scott Walker. Now, I voted Clint Morgan. He took 43% of the vote. Scott Walker got 56% of the vote. So it looks like we're going to be stuck with uh, someone who uh, wants to hand over prosecuting elections to communist and socialist and progressive district attorneys. This It will never reach the hands of Ken Paxton. Ken Paxton will not be able to prosecute these crimes because of a man like Scott Walker. Mm-hmm. And then in Texas Criminal Appeals Court Place Number 6, Jesse McClure. So we only had three seats available. And that's about that, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the rest of this is all United States House and Senate seats and Texas House and Senate seats. So we're not going to go through all those, guys. There's far too many. But what we are going to do in the time that we have left together this afternoon is we's going to talk about some of these other competitions. 
first of all, let's talk about the um, the propositions, guys. You remember we had 10 propositions on this ballot, 10 of them, for the GOP, anyways. Pardon me, my throat's getting a little dry. Hey, Lynn RC, how are you doing? Good evening, good evening, good afternoon. Bubbles, what's up? Bubbles says rigged. Bubbles, I think you're right, Bubbles. I think it is rigged. Uh, Crisco13 says, I thought they were neck and neck. If you're talking about Abbott and you're talking about um, uh, West, uh, there were some polls that saw West above Abbott. Believe it or not. You know, and so uh, all I've got to say, Crisco, is Eric the election rigging information center and this sham audit that they're doing in our state. Mm-hmm. Uh, Relevant says, don't get bucked off that pumpkin. <laughs> you must be talking about Sarah Stogner, sir. You must be talking about Sarah Stogner. Lynn RC says, seven says, "Ugh, this election did not go well. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's where I got to say, guys. That's where I got to say, we still have to toe the line, okay? We still have to, and that's going to be the tough part, you know? For me, the tough part is going to be the land commissioner uh, race in November. Or no, the runoff, I apologize, the runoff. Because Don Buckingham, well, you know what? I guess it's not hard. I guess it's not hard at all. Because we have a runoff, which means it's still going to be within the GOP confines. So we're good. I will tell you, I will tell you for a fact, whomever I got to vote for in November, and at this point, I have to vote for Abbott. He didn't even get into a runoff. So at this point, I have to vote for Abbott, which is sucks. It sucks. Because if I don't vote for him... I risk Beto O'Rourke getting into office. All right, guys, say it with me again. Pe tho. Pe tho. Okay, right? Okay, because a pedo in Spanish is a fart. Okay? Pe tho. <laughs> I'm going to teach my audience how to say Beto O'Rourke before November. Okay? <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the propositions. Uh, for the bulk of this, we'll be turning over to the uh, Texas scorecard here, guys. Now, this article says, Texas Republican voters overwhelmingly approve to 10 statewide propositions. The propositions can spur Republican state politicians to act on a variety of important issues. Amid a slew of candidate races in Tuesday's primary election, Republican voters across Texas also decided on 10 important propositions, belief statements that will help guide the party for the upcoming state legislative session. The propositions reveal voters' opinion on a variety of important issues, from protecting children from abortion to ending property taxes to banning forced vaccines, and can be a tool to spur state lawmakers to enact the citizens' desires. On Tuesday, nearly 2 million voters overwhelmingly said yes to all 10, approving all of them by at least 75% and five of them by 90 plus percent. 
Moving forward, party delegates will use the results at the GOP state convention this summer while they deliberate the party's platform, the statement of beliefs, and their priority to-do list for the Republican-controlled state legislature next year. The full list of propositions is below. On border security, we received a 92% approval. In light of the federal government's refusal to defend the southern border, Texas should immediately deploy the National Guard, Texas military forces, and necessary state law enforcement to seal the border, enforce immigration law, and deport illegal aliens. 92%. Eliminate property taxes. Texas should eliminate all property taxes within 10 years without implementing a state income tax. 76%. I'm surprised that this did not get a higher percentage rate, but hey, we'll take it. Vaccine mandates. Texans should not lose their jobs nor students be penalized for declining a Charlie Victor inoculation. 88% approval. Again, surprised it wasn't higher, but I'll take it. Parents' right and critical RT, 91% approval. Texas schools should teach students based basic knowledge and American exceptionalism and reject critical R theory and other curricula that promote Marxist doctrine and encourage division based on creed, race, or economic status. Right to life, 83%. Texas should enact a state constitutional amendment to defend the sanctity of innocent human life created in the image of God from fertilization until natural death. Committee chairs, 81%. Again, I'm surprised this one didn't get much higher, but I'll take it. The Republican-controlled Texas legislature should end the practice of awarding committee chairmanships to Democrats. Election security, 95% approval, guys. This is very important, yet how many of this 95% are aware of this sham audit that's taking place is what I want to know. Texas should protect the integrity of our elections by verifying that registered voters are American citizens, restoring felony penalties, and enacting civil penalties for vote fraud, and fighting any federal takeover of state elections. Child mutilation experiments. Uh-oh, this is going to go into uh, Abbott and Dade and uh, Patrick's pocket. Texas should ban chemical castration, puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and genital mutilation surgery on all minor children for sex transition purposes. 93% approval. Parental educational relief. Texas parents and guardians should have the right to select schools, whether public or private, for their children. And the funding should follow the student. 87% approval. I'm surprised that wasn't higher. Freedom of con science. Just kidding. Freedom of conscience. 93%. Texans affirm that our freedoms come from God and that the government should have no control over the conscience of individuals. Seems to me like that is a no-brainer, ladies and gentlemen. But I think it's probably a no-brainer. For everybody in this audience at this time. All right, let's talk about this, guys. We have a runoff between Ken Paxton and George Prescott Bush, the grandson of a pedophile and the great grandson of a Nazi. Okay, here we go, guys. Attorney General Ken Paxton heads into runoff. 
Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton was forced into a runoff with George P. Bush in Tuesday's four-way primary election to become the Republican nominee in November. Paxton finished first with 43% of the vote, according to unofficial results reported by the Texas Secretary of State. Bush, the state's current land commissioner, finished second with 23%, while former Texas Supreme Court Justice Eva Guzman and longtime East Texas Representative Louis Gomer tied for the last with 17% each. It wasn't certain Tuesday night who Paxton's runoff opponent would be because of problems reported by Harris County's appointed Democrat elections administrator, Isabel Longoria, that delayed counting of ballots in the state's most populous county. Because no candidate topped 50%, the top two finishers will go to a runoff election on May 24. Ken Paxton was first elected as the Texas Attorney General in 2014 after defeating establishment candidate Dan Branch in a Republican primary runoff. He was narrowly re-elected in the 2018 Blue Wave election after running unopposed in the GOP primary. Prior to becoming Attorney General, Paxton served in the Texas legislature for six years. This year, Paxton campaigned on his record of successfully challenging the Biden administration in court, working to secure elections and protecting President Trump's America First principles. Trump endorsed Paxton's re-election bid. Throughout his tenure, Paxton has faced legal challenges from politically motivating securities fraud charges that were federal officials that federal officials dismissed, but state courts have dragged out for years to more recent allegations from law from uh, several members of his top staff that he abused his office and violated the law. Uh, now we actually looked into this story and it was a bunch of hogwash. He had he had some upstart like senior staffer that was pissed off because he didn't give him a Christmas card or something and then made up all these lies. We already we already debunked that story. He's also faced rumors of an affair. George P. Bush, who is the grandson of a pedophile and the great grandson of a Nazi, is part of the Bush family political dynasty and was first elected land commissioner in 2014 and was reelected in 2018 after winning a four way GOP primary. Oh, Georgie boy, Prescott, we'll be looking about your relationships with China and Texas in the few upcoming weeks before May. Oh, we'll be riding it this time, guys. So it should be pretty fun. Hey, La India Chingona. What's going on, my friend over there at Twitch? Glad to see you joining us, my friend. I know, Lynn RC, not a bush. Like, we don't need... A, yeah, we don't need a bush, obviously. When it comes to certain political names, such as Bush, Clinton, and the likes, yet Obama... <laughs> I know there's more. Anyways, yeah, don't trust them. I don't care how beautiful their bean footage is, okay? But uh, yeah, grandson of a pedophile, great-grandson of a Nazi, George Prescott Bush. He's in the runoff, though, for AG, so you guys better be on the mark with that. Make sure you're voting Paxton come May 24th. May 24th. That is when the runoffs are happening, guys. So we will be returning to the ballot box now. Bush drew fire from grassroots conservatives over his plans to reimagine the Alamo and move the Alamo Cenotaph. 
measures that were ultimately defeated by citizen actions. Now, guys, if you were with us on our last episode of Lone Star News, we showed you the Alamo Cenotaph. I don't know how George P. Bush wants to reimagine the Alamo, but it has something to do with slavery. Okay, anyways, Bush spent the most money on Tuesday's primary race, according to the most recent campaign finance reports, $6.2 million, about half a million more than he raised. Man, he had to spend that much money, guys. That's crazy. The latest reports show Paxton raised $5.8 million this election cycle. His top donor was the Republican Attorneys General Association, which contributed $500,000. Paxton spent $4.2 million and reports $4.7 million cash on hand. Bush reports $1.2 million cash on hand. Both will continue to fundraise for their runoff match. Also ran Guzman, the female gremlin of Texas. She raised the most campaign cash, $8.3 million. This former Supreme Court wench raised, guys. She raised more money than Paxton and Bush, and she still lost. Ha! Almost half came from the Texas Texans for Lawsuit Reform PAC. And LTR or TLR founder Richard Weekly. She raised eight times more than Gomert, and they tied and spent nearly six times as much, 5.7 million, but they drew the same number of votes. Aha. Uh-huh. So May 24th, guys, is the runoff between Paxton and Bush. You guys better be at the polls because I will not see another Bush in office. Ladies and gentlemen, next competition. Here's the fun one, guys. Now, for those of you guys that are not too akin to Texas politics, you got a man who's in the pocket of Texas oil and Texas energy running up against a woman who rode an oil rig in pasties and a thong, ladies and gentlemen. Now, who do you think Mr. C is going to vote for? I didn't vote for either of these guys in the primary. I don't want the incumbent in. He's responsible for the crash of the power grid in February of last year. That man, a lot of Texans' blood is on his hand. Texans' blood are on his hands, okay? This woman, I'm going to vote for her. I'm, I'm just saying it, guys. If I have to choose between these two people in a primary, I'm going to take a man who's not going to hold big oil and big energy accountable for weatherizing their their pipes and their their rigs, and and who's going to be taking money from big energy and big oil so he can dump a whole bunch of oil spill onto an aquifer, or am I going to take a woman who probably entertains big oil and big energy on the weekends and rides an oil rig in pasties and a thong... Both of these are loser candidates, guys. They're loser candidates. But she, because of her stunt, showing her boobs and her crack to Texans around Texas, beat the next best viable candidate, who is my dog in the race. He got third place, guys. Just behind this one. I can't be mean, because I'm going to try and get her on the show, and she's going to look at my shows, and she'll be all, she, you called me a prostitute, Mr. C. Why am I going to come on your show? <laughs> this is terrible, guys. Okay, so Lynn RC says she's going to vote for, I'm going to vote for her. 
I mean, for all we know, this woman's going to come in and she's going to, like, set them straight. You know what I mean? I think there's, like, two other old men on the railroad commission's uh, (laughs) board. Maybe she'll set them straight, guys. You never know. Okay, so, uh, okay, just, you know, just kind of looking at her, though, look at those eyes. She has, she has mischievous eyes. She has eyes that either say, ha, 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 big oil and big energy put me here, and now you're going to get it. Ah, ha, ha. Whoever wins, big oil and big energy wins. Or these eyes say, ha, 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 big oil and big energy. You're going to get it when I get into office, and we're going to make sure you guys do it by it the way it should be done. She's one of those, she's one of those uh, loose cannons, guys. She's a loose cannon. You don't know what she's going to do. Like I said, Based on her body structure and based on her move to ride an oil rig, that's very symbolic, guys. I mean, I know she's running for a railroad commissioner. I understand that railroad commissioner is over big oil and big energy in Texas, but she was riding their rig. That could have been like, elect me and I'll, y'all let, I'll ride your rig. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I'm still voting for her. I'm still voting for her. I am not going to have this man who has the blood of Texans on his hand because he failed to regulate for weatherization. He failed to hand out the proper paperwork for smaller oil wells and electric companies to sign on to the emergency status so this way they would receive energy when a power grid situation goes down, when a freeze happens, and they would continue to receive the energy they need in order to pump electricity to the oil uh, companies and the gas companies that need to pump their stuff into the houses and the homes, okay? He is responsible for that. He is directly responsible for that. As a commissioner on the Railroad Texas Commission Board, he is 100% responsible for what happened last February, okay? And the thing about it is, is that most Texans don't understand how it works. Well, we did a whole dissection of it here on episode number 22 and also the C report number 151, okay? So if you guys go back and review those episodes, you'll get the skinny on why this man is responsible and why even though she's riding an oil rig in pasties and a thong, I'm still going to vote for her, period. God willing, she'll be on the show. I don't think we need to spend much more time on... <laughs> I don't think we need to spend much more time politis- uh, pol- polemicking over this. Let's talk about this one. Now, this is Dr. Tim Westley. Dr. Tim Westley is going into a runoff with Texas Land Commissioner candidate Don Buckingham. My name is Don, Don Buckingham, and I better get my cha-cha heels, President Trump. Okay, Don Buckingham received two, count them, two endorsements from President Trump, and she is still in a runoff. Okay, now I've had my doubts about Don Buckingham, okay? And since we're going into a runoff, I don't think I'll necessarily have to worry about splitting the vote. I'll tell you guys right now, I am going to be voting for Dr. Tim Westley. I tried to look for, like, a split picture between Don Buckingham and Tim Westley, and I couldn't find it. So I just chose to show you guys Tim Westley instead. Now, if you were with us here on the last episode of the Lone Star News, which is episode number 25, 
then uh, you you saw the video with uh, with Mr. Dr. Tim Wesley here. He was he's the one that gave the rousing speech at the uh, was it the San Antonio building down there? What is it called? Landia Chingona. <laughs> It's the uh, it's the the municipal building or the big one. I don't know. City Hall. I guess it's City Hall. I don't know. I've only been here for a year and a half. Okay, so, uh, but yeah, very rousing speech. And then he took us on a little tour of what uh, George P. Bush was trying to do to the Alamo. George P. Bush was like this. I'm going to find the basement for Pee Wee Herman no matter what. (laughs) Because... I should have shown you guys the uh I should have shown you guys the picture of George P. Bush where he looks like Pee Wee Herman. He has like that like light gray like suit on with like a little like red tie and a white anyways, okay. His makeup was a little bit too light for his skin tone, that kind of a thing. Anyways, guys, okay, so let's talk a little bit about this one. Now, this is gonna be a tough one for most Texans, I know, because after all, President Bush I mean, oh Lord, talk about a, I got, I got Bush on my mind. Apparently, uh, President Trump endorsed Don Buckingham twice, guys, twice. Okay. So that's going to be a hard one. I didn't vote for her. I voted for Victor Avila. I didn't vote for any of these two. I voted for Victor Avila. He placed, I think, fourth or fifth. Uh, But my second man in the race was Dr. Tim Wesley of San Antonio. So God willing, I will get him on my show as well. But um, uh, Dr. Tim Wesley is from San Antonio. He hails from San Antonio. Uh, He's in the runoff and uh, he's going. And actually, we should probably look at what those numbers were. Okay, Uh, let's see what the numbers were real quick in the race of Texas Land Commissioner runoff. Uh, just so we can get a better view of what kind of a chance he stands against Don. Now, will he be like Sarah Stogner and Wayne Christian, where Wayne Christian received 43% and she received 15%? Let's see. Okay, apparently it's going to be something... (laughs) Apparently it's going to be something like that. According to these numbers, you had Don Buckingham at 41.4%, and you have Tim Wesley at 14.7%. See my man down here, Victor Avila... 7.5%, 7.5%, guys. He received 121,214 votes. Well, we got Tim Wesley here at 14.7% with 237,000 votes to her 670,000 votes. So, you know, Tim Wesley's a San Antonio boy. Don Buckingham is a, uh, a seasoned state senator and a Lakeway girl. I love Lakeway, but that's not the point. The point is she has more face, face, face time with Texas than uh, Tim Wesley does. So uh, Tim Wesley, it's gonna, you're going to need to get your face all over the state of Texas, buddy, if you want to be the land commissioner. And it's not just about protecting the Alamo and its history. It's going to be about a whole lot more than that, buddy. But uh, at this point, I'm probably going to vote for him. And, you know, if I have to vote for Don Buckingham in November, it's all good, guys. Because after all, President Trump voted for her or endorsed her twice, even though. uh, Okay, okay, okay. Let's be real here for a minute. My issues with Don Buckingham is that she believes in Texas red flag or a, a gun, a red flag gun laws. Okay, that's my big issue. At first, it was abortion, but she received a one hundred percent score on her stance on abortion. So I was like, okay, that's cool. 
but she does believe in te- in red flag gun laws, which means before you can get a gun, she thinks you need to visit a psychiatrist. Okay. Now, does that mean that uh, she thinks that your girlfriend or your boyfriend estranged should be able to report you? I don't know. I would say, let me try and get Don Buckingham on the show, but I think she's probably way out there in the upper stratosphere and would not come on a show like mine, kind of like, you know, Lieutenant Governor, uh, Lieutenant uh, Colonel uh, Alan West, uh, his campaign staff, okay? His campaign staff, not Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, his campaign staff kept him from being on my show, okay? He told me he would come on my show. But then again, was that a politician's move? I don't know. Anyways, it's all good. Uh, we want, I don't think we need to go through this. I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm, uh, polemicking enough. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm giving you guys enough commentary. We don't have to read these articles. Sid Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Yeehaw! Sid Miller won. He won his, uh, he's now going to be in the run, uh, not in the runoff. He's now going to be in the general election in November for Texas Agricultural Commission. So if he uh, if he wins that contest, it will be his third term as Texas Land, uh, sorry, Agricultural Commissioner. So couldn't be more happier than that. With that, I definitely voted for this man. Sid Miller defeats challengers in GOP Agricultural Commissioner primary. Done and done, ladies and gentlemen. So. That is that for uh, Sid Miller. Let's see what else we got here. Okay, so we did have some voting snafus, okay? You talk about election integrity, you talk about ease of vote and voting, you know, the whole election fraud crap, right? Were there any hiccups in Texas on this past primary? Well, as it turns out, there was one. So let's see what happened. Okay, uh, this comes to us from uh, Penn Capital Star News, guys. Voting snafus in Texas primary show what may be on the way for other states. Texas is big, one police said. One poll said, it can have an impact on big goodness and big badness. It's big, and people watch it. It says here, Houston, standing outside a polling location in the historically black neighborhood of Kashmir Gardens on Election Day, Lieutenant Governor candidate Carla Braley predicted that Texas performance in 2022's first primary would gain national attention, no matter the outcome. Texas is already a model for other Republican-controlled states for its new law uh, that makes it much tougher to vote for many elderly... Oh, God, this is one of those articles. Okay, so according... Okay, all right, this is, this is, this is voter suppression, right? So clearly the Penn Capital Star News, based out of Houston, is a liberal rag because they don't, av- they don't agree with uh, enforcing Texas voter laws. So... Uh, take this article with a grain of salt, but they are reporting what happened. Texas is already a model for other Republican-controlled states for its new law that makes it much tougher to vote for many elderly, low-income, and non-white citizens, said Braley, who, because apparently black people don't know how to find a DMV, right? Apparently black people who need a license to purchase alcohol don't have a license to vote, is that right, Texas Penn Capital Star News? Because apparently you don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, the article continues. Uh, this Carla Braley candidate says, I call it a pilot study of what's to come in terms of moving this nation 
backwards as my panties ride up my butt crack. This is not forward movement. What we're seeing in Texas, not at all. It's heartbreaking. Okay, without having read the rest of this article, I guarantee this. Because apparently in Houston, the lines were long and people weren't able to vote, right? So now I bet you, before reading the rest of this article, I bet you they're going to frame it this way. They're going to be like, picture this, an all-black Texas neighborhood where they can't vote because it takes too long to vote because it doesn't work. And then they're going to spin it and say, do you see what happens when you post, when you ha- you pass these Texas voter laws of suppression? Black people are waiting for hours in line. How much you want to bet? Okay, let's see what the rest of this article says. It says... Across Texas on Tuesday, voters suffered from longer-than-expected lines due to poll worker shortages. Come on, Texas! Where are all my good Republican people at? Where are all my good conservatives, America First people at? Come on, guys. And technical difficulties with voting machines, advocates who monitored Election Day polling reported. While there were not multiple hour lines like voters experienced in 2020, voters and voting advocates still expressed concerns that the problems are just a taste of what Texas will see in the general election in November due to the restrictive voting law passed by Texas Republican-controlled legislature last year. According to Gabrielle Velasco, the National Coordinator for for the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights under the Laws Election Protection Program, a shortage of poll workers on Tuesday. Oh, let me guess. It's because they didn't have Zuckerbucks there to go fi- to go hire ringers, right? That's why Zuckerberg's he couldn't put his money into it. So now they have a shortage of poll ro- workers because the only reason why you had so many poll workers coming out was because Zuckerbucks injected millions of dollars into elections and they were paying them like 15 to $20 each. Of course, your local crackhead's going to come out and work for a few hours on election day. Anyways, the article continues... Uh, And this happened in Tarrant and in Dallas counties. Of course it did. Broken or malfunctioning polling machines hampered voting in Harris and in Hayes County. Oh, really? Hayes is a huge Republican county, guys. Hayes is just south of Dallas, and it is, like, redder than the bloodest red that you could ever read, guys. So that makes uh, makes no mystery to me. In Houston, okay, here's the point, guys. I'm getting tired of reading this perspective. So let me do this. Let me do this instead. Because I'm, I'm getting tired of their their voter suppression perspective. I don't like it. It's making me not happy. So uh, let me do this real quick. Here we go. We're going to pull up an article from the good old Gateway Pundit. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this. Catch this article now or catch it at 5.30. Yesterday's election in Houston was a train wreck. Republicans prevented from voting and glitches reported in voting machines. All right. Another election and more corrupt actions from the Democrat Party. This sounds like more my flavor, guys. Okay. Uh, It says the current Democrat Party can't sell its policies on open borders, letting criminals go free, anti-police, defunding police, higher taxes, giving Afghanistan to the terrorist Taliban and massive government spending. 
Since Americans don't want this, the current leadership of the Democrat Party appears to be strategically working on stealing elections rather than selling their policies. Yesterday's primaries in the most populous county in Texas, Harris County, where Houston resides, were riddled with corruption. According to one TGP reader, AOC Light Lena Hidalgo appointed an elections administrator rather than a duly elections clerk. A duly elected clerk, Isabel Longoria, who through incompetency and more likely deliberate sabotage has created chaos in Harris County primaries. Now, Isabel Longoria, she also opposed the Texas forensic audit. And she is also opposed measures uh, to bring election integrity and security. And in addition to that... Isabel Longoria feels it's her civic duty to allow drop boxes to still be used in the area. Today is election day and the website shows no polling locations this morning. Wow. The voting location PDF was changed at 4.01 this morning. In conservative West Houston, Katy, for example, only one of the previously listed voting locations remains the same. There are more now than previously, but they are not at regular precinct polling sites. Therefore, most voters will show up at their precincts not knowing they cannot vote there. That is... That is dastardly, guys. That is insane. How can this woman not be charged with something like treason? No, she should be charged or she should be removed immediately. That is insane. In addition, precinct judges who are working the polls have been assigned and reassigned to locations over the last few days have had to work to find election clerks to assist, including this morning, and have been given their precinct judge boxes minus any ballot paper, and as noted during early voting, are being forced to allow Republican and Democrat ballots to be co-mingled in the same drop boxes after being scanned. Dude, th- I've read this name. Isabel, what's her face again? Isabel, where, Isabel Longoria, she's not new to this. She was there during the 2020 election. She knows exactly what she's doing. She needs to be held accountable. She needs to face justice. This is a total miscarriage of justice. She should not be allowed to be in this position. She was there during 2020. She knows how to run elections. She knows what they're supposed to be doing. That's insane. That's insane. Oh my goodness. That is what you call real voter suppression, ladies and gentlemen. Not tightening voter rules, not making it so you have to have an ID to vote. I showed my ID when I went to go vote. I was honestly surprised they asked for it, but uh, I showed it. Local news outlet KHOU reported on glitches in the voting machines. There have been some glitches on this election day for the nation's first primary of 2020. Some new voting machines went down at Harris County polling places Tuesday morning because they were apparently overwhelmed. I don't doubt that happened, but I don't think that was the reason why. On top of that, they said election judges are still getting used to the new equipment. According to individuals wanting to vote in the county, There were numerous events that prevented Republicans from voting in the state's primaries. At one precinct, Republicans could not 
vote. Wow. Just wow, ladies and gentlemen. That is insane, guys. That is insane. Oh, hey, Tam Gorel. What's going on over there? Thank you for throwing the shades this way. That's what? 400 gold pills. Your sweetheart. She says, love your eyes, C. Oh, thank you. Are you trying to say I need to cover them? Like, do they look that bad? No, just kidding. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for this edition of Lone Star News. We are just doing a quick recap of the election results. Don't forget, we have runoffs on May 24th. We have some pretty interesting runoff competitions coming up, guys. And we'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, guys, don't forget, please share this link, spread the word, let people know about the C-Report and Lone Star News, Mr. C-TV, okay? Uh, and if you are checking us out on the podcast, I take that back. If you're checking us out on the live stream, make sure you check out our podcast. Just search for the C-Report or Mr. C in the Dark. Uh, on We are available on Spotify, we are available on Apple Podcasts, and we are available on Go Ogle podcasts. Okay, I'll say it right. Google, all right? Um, but you can find us there. Uh, if you go to anchor.fm slash the C report, that is anchor.fm slash the C report. You can get all of these broadcasts as well as the C report, as well as Mr. C in the Dark in your ears every night of the week. We also accept Cash App and PayPal donations. If you like the work that we're doing, please show your support today. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you back here a little later on this evening for another edition of The Sea Report. And, uh, well, enjoy your dinner, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, be safe, be blessed, and God bless Texas, and God bless these United States of America. We will see you later. Have a good night, y'all.